This podcast brought to you by Basecrete, leaders in waterproof bond coatings for the swimming pool and construction industry. Thanks for joining us on another episode of Pool Magazine Podcast. Today, I'm here with Lee Russell. Uh, Lee's going to be talking with us a little bit today about uh, custom luxury in-ground pools, and uh, we're happy to have you with us today here on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, Joe. So, Lee, the reason I wanted to have you here with us today is because, I mean, as one of the leading builders in Baton Rouge, I mean, basically, you have a keen insight as to the buying habits of people who want to build luxury custom in-ground pools talk about your role in the pool industry and what you're doing in Baton Rouge in terms of uh, helping people realize their dream of building their ultimate custom luxury and ground pool. Yeah, perfect. Uh, happy to be here and I'm happy to be, able to, be able to be able to speak to this as well. I mean, we've been fortunate to grow like we have over the years. You know, my grandfather started our company in 1964. Uh, so we're you know 50 plus years now and we were in a, um, in a small market that we're in. There weren't a whole lot of pool builders through the years. Uh, there are a whole lot more now. Um, I've seen the, the number of pool builders have probably, if not tripled, quadrupled in the last two or three years. I mean, it, you know, folks are, are wanting to spend money in their backyards and they're willing to. And so, you know, people are starting to jump on it. Um, but we were fortunate because in a small market with three or four builders, we were able to to build a business that, that has been able to, you know, stand the time, stand the economy and recessions that we've had over the years. Um, we've seen you know all the different cycles go through uh, with with the economy, um, but we've been able to um, position ourselves in a way that in Baton Rouge, just about e- just about everyone knows who Russell Pool Company is. Um, even if they're not buying a pool, they have probably swam in one of our pools because we've done just so many over the years. And um, that's just kind of a small market, <laughs> you know, that, that helps us out a lot. I heard your dad actually got you uh, your start in the pool industry. Is that a fact? Uh, yeah, so my, so my very first day in the in the field was when I was a kindergarten. I jumped off a swing set and busted my head up, and he had to come check me out. And instead of taking me to the house or to the doctor, we went out and I went to work with him. And so I've been in it ever since. Um, when I was twelve, my grandfather brought me on, and I worked all summer with him. And you know, as a twelve year old, he was paying me seventy five bucks a week, pretty much to be his pack mule and to to be his partner and his buddy throughout the summer. And it it was an absolute blast. Um, I loved it. Uh, it, you know, I have tried over the years to leave the pool business, uh, going and I've, I've done a bachelor's degree and I've got a master's degree and I started a PhD and I've tried to do other things. And, uh, you know, it, it's just in my blood and it's the only way I can describe it. It's something that, um, I enjoy it. Uh, you know, I love what we, what we are able to do. Um, yeah, it's frustrating. Everybody gets frustrated and no matter what they do, I mean, no matter how much you love your job, you're going to get days where you don't love it, but that, that's just life and that's work. But, um, you know, I get to do something that I enjoy. I get to create um, every day. I get to, do, you know, I, I'm starting to do some more designing now. And um, that's, you know, to be able to do that is, I mean, I, that's special. Not everybody gets to do something that they love. Yeah, it sounds like you got chlorine in your blood and that's what keeps uh, drawing you back. Hey, no doubt. No doubt. I've seen some of the other guys in the pool industry, you know, they go on to other things and they, they explore other business prospects and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. But ultimately they find that the pool industry allows them to explore the more creative side of their nature and, uh, you know, build things. And that's really why uh, gravitating back towards pools. Correct. I've always loved to work with my hands. I mean, even when I was a teenager, I would take computers apart and rebuild them and I would take my car apart and rebuilt it. it, it I've always enjoyed 
the mechanical side of, of things and being able to see how things work. So, you know, I'm actually building and creating something and, and I'm trying, you know, different things and new things. And, you know, we've been doing this for 50 plus years. I could just do, the, do it the same way my grandfather's always done it. And, it, you know, it wouldn't necessarily be bad, but, you know, I like to try new things. I want to try to make it better. I want to try to be more efficient. I want to try to do something different and, you know, expand uh, what we can do and you know, just try to push the industry, push other builders to, to be better um, and to do things the right way. So, yeah, for yeah. sure. I mean, I've seen some of your design work um, and I've seen some of the tools that you built and you're you kind of, you kind of run the gamut in terms of uh, the, the different design styles are pretty diverse. So I've seen some, uh, some, some style backyards where it's uh, more of like a traditional kind of freeform design and like uh, brick around the, uh, around the edges and uh, brick pavers. And then I've seen some really modern design tools that you've done uh, that were just like uh, really like cutting edge and, uh, and look like, you know, like they ought to be on the cover of Architectural Digest. So I mean, you, really, <laughs> you really run the gamut there. Yeah. I mean, so being in Louisiana, our architecture is a lot different than most places in the, in the country. You know, we have these huge live oak trees and we have a lot of brick and a lot of stone work. And so tr- tr- traditional just fits in a lot of these backyards that we, we come across. But ever so often there's someone who is, you know, coming in from another part of the country that wants to bring that modern style in. And we will absolutely jump on that as well. Um, I love to do modern design and modern tools. I wish I could do that, you know, all the time but that's just not my market um, yeah i but, know well they, uh, they kind of want like a more traditional more natural look in your neck of the woods and i think that's really what is like becoming known as the new orleans style you know mm-hmm. yeah there's a, a real famous architect um, who was based here a his name is a hayes town and he has had a tremendous impact on Louisiana architecture, where the houses are built and the styles, and they're just some. You know, when I go in his backyard, I know what kind of pool that we're putting in, into those those houses. They're, you know, that is just that you know quintessential um, iconic New Orleans. You know, you've got the brick and you've got the the blue stone. Or I wish we could still get the lilac that we used to be able to get, but you can't get lilac stone as as often as we could. We did quite a few pools with the purples and. You know, it's just really cool. But one of the things that we're doing is, and I've got a really good landscape architect I work with. Um, his name's Ryan McKnight. He has done really well with it. Is is taking this traditional style that we're we are, have and that our houses are built in, and adapting some of these modern things and modern um, ideas into them. And um, we've done some pretty cool work. Uh, he and I together with with that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, speaking to your uh, to what you were saying before, like you know, you can't always get the materials that you want. Right. I mean, basically, I read in an article that uh, that you were in last year, where you said that pools were up uh, fifteen to twenty percent because of COVID. I mean, is that still the case this year? And are you still having uh, a lot of difficulty getting the materials that you want to build the uh, the pools that your customers really envision? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we we get. I probably get. And five to 10 calls uh, at least a week, if not 15 to 20 a week of people who want a swim pool. And, and the reality is our, our business model is not one that I, I'm not a volume builder, so I can't do 400 pools a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just don't have that ability. I mean, we're, we're kind of capped at 70 at the very most. Um, I think that's probably the most we've ever done, but most of the time we stick around 50 to 60 pools a year. And so, you know, 
when I'm getting 400, 500 calls a, a year and I, I can't get to that, that's, I mean, that's, that's hard. I wish I could, but, um, of course that again, opens up why there are more builders in my neck of the woods because I can't get to them all. And so I'm essentially putting people in business to, to do it. But as far as materials go, I mean, it, I think it's worse today than it was a year ago, to be honest with you. Um, there are, uh, between what pool corp, they're lagging behind and getting their orders in from the manufacturers on equipment. Uh, materials are getting tough. Um, yeah, you know, I used to be able to get, you know, for instance, I've got a pool that's got Pennsylvania bluestone going in and I get that direct from the quarry in Pennsylvania. And I used to go to get it in in a week or two. And now it's six, eight, 10 weeks out just because they're, they got so much work that they've got. They're limited on their employees who can do the work. And it's just, and that's just one example. It's like that and everything. I've got a container of white quartzite that's sitting at the port in China that cannot get put into a, into a container to come to me um, just because of the way things are right now. And I've had that order in since February. I'm just waiting. Material sold. Fortunately, that the houses that they're going into are under construction, so I'm not pressed to, to get it in to get finished. But I've got one pool that I've got the coping on, but the deck is not finished, but they're swimming. I had to, right. I went on and finished it. And customers as, uh, giving you a lot of grief. Well, yeah, absolutely. They are. I mean, they want to, you know, they ready, they're ready to swim. It's hot here. It's been hot for, for a couple months and now it's really, really hot. And everybody wants to, to, you know, be out in their backyard and they've got kids. They want their kids out of the house and in the pool. <laughs> and so, yeah, we get a lot of pressure from our clients and, you know, when something that used to be able to take me six to eight week, eight weeks to finish. Now I'm looking 10 to 12 and that's, you know, that makes it tough. And, you know, you, you don't want to lie to your client and say, Hey, you know, um, you know, we're coming this week and you know, they, they, and your material doesn't show up. So you're having to prep them at the front end. It's going to take longer materials, your pick. Well, it's, it is what it is. It's just going to take that long, but that's, just about every material that um, that we're ordering in now is taking several weeks longer to get in. I heard you speaking for- about skilled labor too. I mean, I know that's still a problem. Always. Yeah. I mean, when, when you can stay at home and not have to work and, and, and pull a little bit of a check. Yeah. There's a lot of folks that don't want to work. Of course, I'm not sure I really want those folks working for me that aren't willing to, to do something, but yeah, skilled labor, labor is, oh man, it's, it's tough. Um, you know, used to be able to find guys that were willing to work. Now it's just, you're lucky to get a crew that's got three or four guys that are <laughs> doing all the work. You know, that's, I don't know that that's going to get any better, to be honest with you. I, I don't foresee that getting better in our industry. Maybe I'm wrong. So I, I think the guys who are running the companies and the top end guys, the management, in our industry, I think they're getting better. There's a lot of guys doing Genesis classes at Watershape University, and they're learning. They're getting better. The problem is none of that education trickles down to the subcontractors and to the guys who are actually doing the work. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you you know, I know how to build a perfect pool to to all the codes and and to every spec that you would you know anything that you wanted to do. But the reality is, when it comes down to it, I don't have my hands on everything, and it's you know it you know. If I leave the job for five minutes and come back, they've done th- those crews have done something that I didn't want them to do every single time, every job. And you know, we've got to redo work and and fix things because of it. And it it, it makes it tough. Um, yeah, because you're not a hydra. I, I, I was listening to your podcast on pool chasers, you know, and it, it mm-hmm. struck a chord with me. 
you know, it was when you said how you would do more glass tile and you'd love to be doing more of that, but that disseminating information on how to properly apply and install it is tough because the subs won't travel for education. Correct. It, it is. Um, I, in fact, the reason I was late for our interview our, our in tonight was I've got a, a crew that's putting glass tile down and I had to swing by there just to make sure there wasn't any issues, you know, w- with what they were doing. You know, you know, when I do it, I want to make sure that they've got the substrate right and the waterproofing right and that they're putting it down properly with, you know, their thin sets. And it, it's just so much oversight that it, it gets hard to do um, on these high end jobs, you know, sometimes. But, you know, we'll get it done. You know, I have to be 10 minutes late. I'm 10 minutes late, but, you know, we'll get it. And, What's bad is I'm leaving town tomorrow and I'm not going to be there to check them tomorrow afternoon when they're finally they're wrapping everything up. So it kind of makes yeah, me nervous. A, you need a top construction super to be your eyes and ears on the job. And I don't know. It's a thing. Yeah. I've, I've got a guy that, that he's pretty close to that, but I mean, he's getting pulled so many different ways too. Um, just because I've got so much work going on and yeah, yeah it's, it's tough being a, a small family business for sure. Yeah, I know it's challenging building a pool down in Baton Rouge. I mean, just the weather alone can kick your face in. Well, here's the thing. I mean, this year we are about 30 inches above average right now on rain. Mm-hmm. We we got hammered in May. On that. We There was one weekend in three days we got 13 inches of rain in 24 hours. And, you know, when the ground gets that saturated and now it's hot, so it rains every single afternoon. It's really hard to get work done, um, especially glass tile. We wouldn't, we wouldn't built had to build a tent on this this particular job to to be able to get those guys to work all day because as soon as it would start raining, they'd pull off and go. How do you We're stay back. on schedule, Lee? I mean, when you got to spend half the day mucking your pool out before you can even get the day started. Yeah, it's tough. It, it's really hard, um, but we managed to do it. Um, you know, I, I'll ask my guys to to work late some days if we have to. Um, we've, so it's, we've been doing this for so long and that's one of the reasons I stayed in Baton Rouge is because I know our weather and our ground. And so I I know how to kind of combat some of those issues before they even happen. Um, you know, when I, when I was younger, I considered moving out West and going to build pools out West. And that's a whole different, different environment. You know, you've got different things that you have to, that you face there, whether you're, you know, yeah, like for instance, in LA, you're working with cliffs and hard rock and things like that. Where I don't have any hard. If I hit a rock, it's a small pebble. Everything I've got is clay and mud, and so I don't have to break out a breaker to build a pool. Whereas some guys in other parts of the country, they don't go to dig a pool without a breaker on their trailer. Where I live is uh, El Dorado Hills, right? And there's a town right. right next to it called Granite Bay, right? So that's all you're gonna <laughs> hit. When you, yeah, that's all you're gonna hit. When you, you know, you know what you get when you get that on your plan, huh? Yeah, yeah for sure. But yeah, that's how we are here, though. I mean, I I know the different areas of our of our city and the kind of you know the soils that I'm gonna run into. So a lot of times, I'm able to prevent a lot of the issues that a lot of my competitors have because I've done this so many times and I know how to dig these pools so they don't so I don't have those issues and so I can stay on schedule um, because for for us. For and for me, it's schedule is everything. We want to make sure everything is working like it, you know. And that's what really throws us in a in a kind of a tizzy is when I can't get materials on time, or I've got five straight days of rain and I can't get a pool shot, and you know things like that. That's when 
my stress levels go through the roof because I can't stay on schedule. But I, I found that like builders from Louisiana are really highly knowledgeable and technical builders. I mean, I think it's because it rains so much. I mean, does that really like add a level of complexity and put you like on expert mode as a builder? Yeah, it, it does. And I would also say there's a probably a lot of builders here. If they weren't working in a, in a plant at some point, um, maybe their father was. So a lot of guys here have some of that, that, that mechanical knowledge because of, you know, of our, we're, we're so blue collar in Louisiana. Everybody's got a, a family member that works in a plant or works on a boat somewhere, you know, or on a rig or, you know, in oil fields. And that's, our industry is so uh, based in that, that a lot of guys and, and, and individuals and ladies, they, they just have that skill set to apply that wherever they go, whether it's in, you know, the pool business or any other construction industries, we were able to, you know, I mean, it's just kind of part of who we are, I guess, in some ways. When you want to build something in the mud, it, you've got to get creative sometimes. Well, I mean, do you have to kind of forecast for that as a business owner? I mean, is keeping up with the weather and kind of being a prognosticator of what the weather is going to be like, you know, does that have to be part of the formula of being a boulder down in that mud? It is. And it's frustrating because, you know, you watch, You've got one hour watching the forecast and watching what's coming in because, you know, for instance, last year we had three hurricanes that hit Louisiana, two of them in the same weekend. So you've got one hour watching and then at the same time, your other eye is just ignoring it because if I were to not work on a day that says 60% chance of rain, I'll never get anything done because literally every day last week and every day this week has been 60 to 70 to 80% chance of rain here. And last week I didn't get hardly any rain. And so I've, I, you know, I, I take the forecast and we're, we look at them and we've gotten pretty good at, at being able to, you know, to tell when things are really going to be as bad as they say they're going to be. And, and when the forecaster is just wrong and, you know, we, we've, we have come to learn most weather forecasters really don't know how to forecast weather. <laughs> yeah. They give a good educated guess. Learn. It's a magic April. That's right. Well, one thing I did learn not not long ago is though that you know so when they say it's a a seventy five percent chance of rain, it's not so much that it, that it's going to be seventy five percent out of a hundred percent chance of rain. What it is is seventy five percent of the their coverage area is going to get rain. Mm-hmm. So if they've got a hundred square mile coverage area, only seventy five of it is getting rain. And if you've got a pool in that twenty five and you didn't work, you've missed a day of work. And so you know when I've got a 50 percent chance of rain. And, you know, there's a good chance I'm going to miss it. Or if it does, it's only for a few minutes. And, you know, so we'll still go out and we'll work. And if it rains, we'll get undercover. I don't like my guys getting wet because then they're miserable the rest of the day. We'll try to, you know, get out of the rain and see if it passes. If it stays for an hour, man, we, we're going to leave. But most of the time, most of these storms are gone in 20, 30 minutes. And you can get right back in the in the hole and start working. Yeah. You need a little mud to work with, but a little bit more difficult. That's, again, that's. You've got to do what you've got to do. And that's, you know, that's with any business. Yeah. I've seen, I've seen some of the muckouts that happen down there. And it's like, that would take uh, a crew in California, like two days to go. These guys, these guys are mopping right through it though. It's like old hat to them. Yeah. I mean, we'll, I had one earlier this year that uh, overnight it's, it rained and it filled the entire pool up all the way to the, to my forms. It wasn't shot. We had steel in it already waiting to get shot and water all the way up to my forms. We had to pump it out and the next day and get in there with shovels and throw it out and wash the steel off, get all the mud off of it and 
and then get it shot. But yeah, it's, yeah, man, it, it, it's tough. It's very tough work. Um, you know, I, I got to give my guys a lot of credit because um, a lot of times it is a lot of shovel work and a lot of, a lot of hot weather and you're sweating. Uh, you know, for instance, today, I mean, I'm not, my, I had to have, we had to wear boots today because it, it did rain a couple times and you know my, my socks were wet from sweat not from the rainwater or from the being in a, in a wet ditch it's just because we were sweating so much you know it's that's uncomfortable and that's that, that's what makes it tough uh, I think it's like you know you got to take the good with the bad and being a custom high-end builder you know because you're not really doing like turnkey cookie cutters there you know that's right that's right um that's I mean, I tell my guys, it's just part of the job. It's not every day we're going to have to do this, but, to, you know, maybe today we do, but, yeah, you know, it's not every time. And, you know, it, it's – and there's some good benefits to what, doing what we do. I mean, we get to see some some phenomenal houses and some projects that are just, you know, amazing. And, you know, we've – you know, my guys, we've built – we've built lazy rivers and we've built water parks and we've built a pool with an island in it. And there's just things that we are able to do and that – you know, at the end of the day, yeah, it's it's been hard work. It's been tough work. It's been hot work, but we're able to go at the end of the day and see, yeah, guys, this was nothing but a grass field when we got here, and now this is what we've created. We've built this. Um, there's a lot of pride in my guys taking and being able to do that, and I try as much as I can to make sure they see that back end. You know, once it's once it's plastered, once the pool running, you know, just so they appreciate what it is they're doing, you know, because if all they see is that front end where they're in the, in the hole with the mud and with the steel and the concrete, and I need them to understand, Hey, there's more than to it. Just that this is what you're doing. I mean, it's nice to be able to see the end result of all your labors. You know? Yeah. We did a pool over a year ago and uh, the pool was almost 2000 square feet and it's 13 feet deep. And the homeowner wanted it. So he had a balcony coming off of his uh, outdoor kitchen bar area and he wanted to be able to jump off that 10 foot balcony into the pool so we designed it to make sure it was deep enough and big enough that he could jump off of it and well he decided he wanted to put a 75 foot dolphin water slide off that same balcony so we put that in and you know what you know we finished it up about two weeks before christmas and of course every one of my guys had to go down the slide and we got to jump off you know the balcony and swim in it and i mean that made it for those guys they'd spent we'd spent probably two and a half months up there almost day in day out working on that job. It was huge. And at the end of it, even though it was cold, water was 50 degrees, everyone I wanted to, to slide down that slide and we'd spend all this time building and, and jump off that balcony. And that's, I mean, that's cool. I'm so happy for my guys to be able to do that. I wish I could do it for every job, but um, I definitely let them do it on these only special ones like that. Well, that's awesome. I mean, basically, you know, you're building more of the high-end stuff. It's not uh, a fiberglass pool or a, a cookie cutter pool. I mean, you got your fingers on the poles down there in Baton Rouge about what yeah. customers really typically want to see in a high-end luxury design. So tell us, I mean, like, you know, what are some of the things that these customers are asking for in these backyards? Hey, Lee, you back? Yeah, man, I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that. I don't know what happened. I'm on Wi-Fi. No telling. That's okay. Uh, technology, you know. <laughs> yeah, right. No doubt. All right. Um, so we could pick up right where we left off. All right. Um, basically, okay. uh, I had asked you, you know, what customers typically want to see in a high-end luxury design. We're getting a lot of requests for the glass tile. Uh, again, I, I said before, I try to push people away from it. Um, it is problematic in our area. 
Um, one, I don't have the skilled laborers. They're they're kind of um, it can be difficult to work with and get them to do it right. But but also sometimes with that glass tile because of the heat, um, you, you can run some issues. I've had issues with um, the tiles popping off because of the weather, and um, it's sometimes hard to get it to adhere properly just because we have so much moisture in our air as well. We're running you know 98, 99, percent humidity. Um, you just have to. It just takes more steps and more precautions, and so you know, we have. A lot of folks asking for the glass tile, just about everybody wants it. Um, some folks will back off of it just because it does get pretty expensive um, because of the labor and the materials are, are a little bit higher. Um, we've had a few folks ask about acrylic uh, walls, and um, I, I really want to do one. But what I fear with that is that we are the wrong LA for that kind of look. Um, I mean, we're the Louisiana LA, not Los Angeles. In fact, I had a client the other day, you know, mentioned that to me because we were talking about them and I was trying to, to persuade them into, you know, looking at the, and considering the acrylic. Um, I have had a few customers ask about it. Um, I have, I know of a couple other builders here that who have put a few in, um, but it's, again, that's, uh, I just don't think that fits necessarily in, in our style. It, it takes a special client who has a certain taste that wants that um, just about all of my clients now um, are asking for in-floor cleaning systems, which um, that's a, that's a huge change uh, for us. Actually, I've, we've been doing them for years and years and years. I enjoy putting them in. I think they work phenomenally well, but most of the time people have just kind of gone away from it because they're so much more expensive than just, a, you know, a robot cleaner or a, um, uh, or a Polaris or a legend. So um, what we, I have seen a tremendous uptick in in-floor cleaning systems. Uh, folks, I guess they're at their house now and they know they're going to be there and they want to make sure when they go out to swim, they don't have any issues. And so, hey, um, I love putting them in. Again, like I said, yeah, I, I bet we have probably of the 25, 30 pools that I've started this year, I bet I've put them in 18 of them, maybe 20 of them. It, it, they've been very popular recently. Um, again, that's just one of those things. A lot of folks here um, see that as being just a step above. With, with luxury pools, I think one of the things that really sets them apart, particularly those builders and uh, those pools, is not always the the designs and the extra features are there that are there, but it's the details that uh, the builders are, are focusing on. Um, I mean, there's a lot of a lot of guys that could that that do good pools, but they don't focus in on some of those hard details that are that are in those um, what we call luxury pools, um, whether it's making sure cuts are of tile or stone or exact, um, the making sure lines are clean. Uh, that's where a lot of times a lot of the um, luxury comes into a swimming pool. Um, not just not just having glass tile makes it luxurious and not just having a stone deck makes it that way. But having those elements and having the details that go with it, that's what sets a lot of those builders apart from um, other builders. So those customization options are the, the things that you feel uh, really set it apart and make it a, right. a high-end luxury pool. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So when we go into a meeting with a client, nothing's off the table. I mean, it, we will customize it however they want to customize it. And we'll figure those details out. Even if it's something we've never done, you know, I've got, um, I've got friend, you know, I, we are in tri- part of tributary um, uh, group. And so, you know, we're fortunate. I've got friends that have, if I've not done it, maybe they've done it. And so we're able to, I'm able to 
to bounce ideas off other tool builders and figure out the details to make whatever our clients want to work, work. Um, I, I think that's kind of one of the things that really separates a lot of these high-end luxury builders from other tool builders is they're willing to focus and spend the time on those details. Whereas a lot of guys, they're not, they're, you know, they're okay just building a pool and that's fine. But it's those details, it's that attention to the detail that really sets these guys apart. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's a, a really uh, what a lot of guys tell me about tributary revelation is that, you know, just having that that network of, you know, elite Correct. guys in their class and just having a, a bunch of guys who, you know, you can call on if you if you have a, a high end mosaic tile project or yeah. if you or if you have a really uh, complicated uh, uh, hydraulics issue or something like that, you know. Correct. I mean, that's, I think a lot of guys get in trouble. Uh, a lot of times they, they, they bite off more than they, they really know what they're doing. Um, I've got friends in my area who try to do negative edge pools and don't understand the hydraulics. And they just think it's you're building a weir wall and turning a pump on. And if your hydraulics aren't right, man, that can crush a company um, because it, it gets expensive to go back in there and, and repair it, you know, or, you know, or go in and add another line because you don't have enough suction or whatever it might be. Um, you know, I, I think that's a lot of what um, separates a lot of these high-end builders from, from the other guys. They're willing to, to dive in and research and make sure whatever they're selling is going to work. You know, everybody else's pool. That's something that not everybody is going to offer to them. Well, you got a very yeah. like French colonial type of uh, style down there. I mean, it's like shotgun. Right. Yeah. I mean, you're not really going to see much of like these uh, vanishing edge pools in those kind of backyards, you know? Well, and I was going to say, even, even if they were asked for, most of our land is so flat to put one in, you almost have to manufacture the, the elevation change. I mean, I don't have mm -hmm. exactly a, yeah. cliff, a, a cliff like y'all have in, in California that you can just build a house on and then put a pool out there and it just flows off into, into the water, you know, into nothing. I just don't have those elevation change. Now I have done quite a few of them though. There are some spots I've done. I have one that's got a, uh, like a nine foot drop from the upper pool to the, to the basin. I've got one right now on the uh, place called false river. It's got a, a, a negative edge on it, <clears throat> 40 foot long wall on it. So, I mean, there are places and you know, there are folks that absolutely jump on that because they have, they, they know, Hey, I've got this property that this works out great for it. Let's put that in and let's do that. Um, you know, I have done the, the lazy river and that was a residential pool. Um, and that, yeah, that, that lazy river was 250 foot long, um, which that's long for a resort, you know, let alone someone's backyard. And that was kind of his, uh, that particular homeowner, his, his mentality was, I've traveled to all these resorts. I don't want to have to travel to them anymore. Let me just put it in my backyard. And he had the acreage and he had some elevation. So we actually got a, a negative edge pool that flows into his Lady River. And, um, that was a blast. I mean, we loved, I love doing that. I wish I could do another one of those, but that's a special client that takes that because you got to have a lot of space and you really have to have a lot of money because it's pretty expensive to put in. And when it starts getting that big, it gets pretty expensive to maintain to be, be honest with you. So, um, you know, we don't have in Louisiana um, the the sheer number of high earners as you would in other places. I mean, there are a lot of folks who have a lot of money here, but not the same kind of money and not the same quantity of people with that money like you do in Phoenix and LA's and Miami's and, and places like that. Um, we just don't have that that tool to pull from, I guess. Um, we try to do as many as we can, though. I wish I could do all of them.
I mean, but I still see a lot of high-end luxury design work coming out from that neck of the woods. I mean, just from the stuff I've seen alone uh, coming out of your design studio, I mean, I could get a sense that, you know, that they are building high-end pools over there for sure. I mean, even if you're getting, yeah. you know, a certain percentage of that market share, I mean, when you think about, you know, what your percentage is based upon what the whole market is, you know, it's probably, you know, a pretty substantial market when you think about it, you know? You're probably correct. I mean, because, yeah, if we do, you know, 50 pools a year and if, for instance, maybe yeah, I would say 25 or of that, that really super high-end you know, I consider luxury pools. Um, yeah, I bet there's probably between 500 and 1,000 pools built in Baton Rouge. So that's a pretty good percentage. You're, you're right with that. But um, I don't know. I, I guess sometimes I just maybe take some of that for granted because that's, what, you know, that, that's kind of what we do. Every pool that we we have come in is, you know, aren't, you know, they're so, let me put it, I put it this way. I'm only seeing certain pools. You know, I'm not getting, I'm not getting the leads for a lot of these cookie cutter pools and whatnot, because that's not where we fit in. Well, that's why you're not a volume builder. Yeah. I mean, because you're not building Correct. a steel wall and you're not building vinyl iron, you're not building fiberglass, you're building yeah. the, the high end. You know? yep. Well, yeah, I mean, your family builds a lot of pools and as far as, you know, putting a dollar emphasis on how much more it's costing to build a pool. I mean, what would you say it's gone up the last two years? Hmm. Oh, it's gone up at least 25%, at least. Um, I mean, it just, I, I could tell you, I know for certain, like my PVC pipe has gone up 320% from last year. Um, yeah, everybody knows lumber prices are up. Um, I've been fortunate. Our concrete costs, our concrete prices have not gone up a lot here. Um, I know some guys have, have felt fault with that, but we've been fortunate. But still, all in all, between, you know, shortages and extended times and extended freights and, you know, having to pay more to get things here quicker. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, at least 25% increase in, in, in our, in our cost. What's bad is, you know, a lot of that cost that we've incurred doesn't necessarily get always get put into the, in, into the project, you know, into the project. Customer doesn't see any of that. Some of that, you know, we, we've had, we've had to just absorb into us. And that's, you know, I, that, I don't think that's unique to us. I think a lot of, especially some of these older family businesses like us that, you know, you know, a lot of times we'll do a, you know, a project on a handshake and a, and a smile and, you know, when you're, we're dealing with that kind of that, I guess that old school mentality, it's sometimes hard to go back to the well and say, yeah, Hey, our prices, even though they've gone up, you, you know, I don't know. It, it, so my business, he's, he's my uncle, he's in his sixties. He has got a totally different mentality. Me, I don't mind going and ask for that money. Um, I think if you've done the work and you've been up front with the client and said, Hey, this is what's, what's happening these are the costs that we're incurring for your project. I don't think it's anything wrong with asking that client to, to pay for that, but that old school mentality that my uncle has, um, it's sometimes, yeah, he, he just does not want to go ask for extra money and that's fine. You know, we, we, we will make it up somewhere down the road. You know, at some point there'll be something that, you know, we're able to, to do extra work or we'll get an extra job out of it because we were able to take care of that client. And it, you know, it's one thing I have learned about him, you know, learned from him um, specifically is that, um, yeah, I could go and badger somebody for an extra fifteen hundred bucks because that material cost me fifteen hundred bucks. But it's better to have that client go tell ten of his friends that hey, Russell took care of us. Yeah, it cost me. It was you know, it cost them all this extra money to get my material in, and they didn't charge me for it. They're going to take care of you, and and that, especially in our world and our market, in that in that luxury uh, niche that we're in, uh, yeah, I mean that's worth. 10 times that.
<laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, because we don't, we're not going to spend our, our money in, in a whole bunch of advertising. You know, we're not going to be in a bunch of magazines and a bunch of different, you know, radio or TV or any of that kind of stuff. A lot of our advertising, just word of mouth. And it's from, you know, we've taken care of this client, even though it may cost me a little money. I've taken care of them. You know, that's pretty much becomes our advertising budget, to be honest with you. Yeah, well, you're um, a straight shooter, you know, where it gets around. Yeah, you know? that's right. Um, you know, that's one of the things we've always prided ourselves at, at Russell Pool. We, we, we take care, we've serviced what we build. So we have a service company and we take handle all of our warranty for all of our clients. So they don't have to find somebody else to come fix something if, you know, a motor goes out or, or whatever may happen. I've got guys on staff that, you know, we take care of all their warranty stuff for them. And, and we've always pride ourselves on that. And we've also, we've never left a job not finished. It, 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 no matter what, how the job is going, no matter whose feelings have been hurt or who's upset, um, we're going to make sure everything is done right to make sure that client's happy. Even if we don't get paid for it, there's been several jobs that, you know, we've had to go back and fix something and we still get shorted our, our, our final retainage. And you know what, that's, you know, that's okay. Sometimes, you know, that, you know, I'll, I'll let, I'll let karma take care of that person. If that's how they feel they needed to, to be, that's, you know, that's on them. I'm not going to take them to court because the only person who gets rich in court is an attorney. Um, and so, you know, that's, that's sometimes just part of, of being a business and, and doing things and doing things right. And yeah, it's a, sometimes a tough pill to swallow, but um, nevertheless, it's, that's kind of how we, we run things. And I don't think it's a, a, a bad way. Because you deal with such high-end clients, you know, and they are used to having things mm -hmm. done in such and such a fashion, you know, and they can be very litigious people, you know, I mean, what do you do in terms of setting a level of expectations with them right now, particularly during COVID, when things are taking longer to build and materials are costing more and it's becoming increasingly difficult for you to honor a, a contract that was uh, cut a year and a half ago, I'm just getting around to their dig now, no? Yeah. Uh, we're very, we're upfront with individuals. I mean, we, we, we're not going to try to hide anything from them. You know, I don't, you know, if it's going to take me six to eight months to get your materials in here, I'm going to let you know. And Hey, I'm going to give you the option. We can stick with this. There's other things that you can do. They may cost you more. They may cost you less, you know, and, and then put it on the, on the client to make that decision. You know, I want them to, the, to be the ones that are, that are making that decision, not me. So, if they want white quartzite on their pool right now, and it's going to take them six to eight months to get it in, it's going to take six to eight months. And, and there's nothing I can do about it, you know, and, and they can get all upset. But we've had the conversation beforehand. And at the end of the day, you know, I have to say we've talked about this and there's nothing else I can I can do about it. We can finish your pool and we can finish the deck at another at another time or we can just keep waiting and you're not um, it's up to y'all. And, you know, it's you know, I, we've not had anybody that you know threatened to sue us because we couldn't get anything in. Um, or or any of that kind of stuff here. Um, you know, I've heard some other guys that have been threatened that way, but you know, I don't. Now I'll say this: we are fortunate because we are such an old company. We've got some pretty sh very strong relationships with our suppliers, so um, they want to take care of us, and they're willing to take care of us. And um, you know, if I need something, they're going to do their best to 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 find it for me, or if not find a suitable substitute for me. And, you know, that's difficult sometimes, but at the same time, I've got a warehouse right now that looks like SCP. I've got so much stuff that I've been stockpiling for over the last year because um, we kind of saw this coming. We knew that there were going to be issues with supply chain. And, and so we've kind of were proactive in it and we started spending capital and building 
inventory. And so that's forward you know, thinking. Yeah, that's good. It, well, you, you know, I, I hate to say it on a podcast because the folks are going to hear this, but I mean, I've got Peter sitting in my in my office because I knew last year and I was able to see what was going on and, and predict that we were going to, this is where we were going to be. So now if I can't get it from my local pool corp, I've got one in stock that I can pull and supply and fill in where I'm lacking. Same thing with, you know, with lights and all my, I did that with just about everything um, last year. Um, I bought PVC pipe. Been great for me because while everybody else is paying 320% more for their pipe this year, you know what? I'm paying my, what I paid pre-COVID price, you know, so, um, and I'm still using that. I still have some of that stock. I'm actually getting really close to being out of it. So I'm about to be with, uh, in the same boat as everybody else with PVC. I mean, the ones who are going to be here working, still doing this in two, three years are the ones who've done that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't apologize for it at all. You know, I know it does sound like Gordon, but I, I wouldn't apologize for it. You know, every filter set that I send in, whether it needs the heat or not, I put it on there because if I get it, I get it. If I don't, I don't. But at the end of the day, my clients are going to be taken care of. And that's really what I care about. Um, as far as business goes, I'm worried about, about my clients. And, you know, it, it sounds, you know, sounds rough. It's, you know, it's kind of. It's a competitive market. Kinda, but you are uh, right. business on the line. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I sound like an asshole. I know it, but that's just, you know, sometimes that's what you have to do to, to survive no, in business. Tell it, tell it like it is, man. I mean, I, yeah. That's why I had you come on the show. I mean, basically, you know, you're a, you're one of the top builders in your area. Did you hear it from the horse's mouth? I mean, basically, you know, what's the what's the lead time right now if you're a customer and you're listening to this podcast or you are a, a, a full pool builder out there and you know you need a, a finger on the pulse of, what to tell your customers, how long a pool takes to build. I mean, hear it from the horse's mouth. Hear it from the yeah. horse. How, well, how long does it take to build a pool right now? Right now, if you were to call my office today and start the conversation with us, um, you would probably be one to two months before you got a phone call back to set up a design meeting. Um, then you, you've got your design process that may take, you know, four weeks, six weeks. Sometimes it depends on the client. It could take 12 weeks. But the, so that's on them. But once the design process is start, we've got a signed contract and plan. I you know would start your pool sometime in October right now. That's when I think I have my next open date. Um, so your October, November getting started, and then you're going to be six to eight weeks from there. So you 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 know if you call me today, I might have you swimming for for January one. Um, and realistically, what's might. the what, what's the weather like? you know, that may hold you back, you know, when's it going to start raining and uh, permits and all that craziness that adds to the equation. I mean, what realistically yeah. is the turnaround time? Yeah, that, that really is realistically, I can get a, if I have a contract in hand and I, you know, once I have an open date, which is right now, October, I could have it done by the end of the year, two months, I could have a pool done. Um, it's the process of getting to that point because yeah. right now the weather I've have ne- I've never seen the weather like it is this year in Baton Rouge. Uh, we've had just so much rain, and now we're into hurricane season. And if I have a storm come through, I mean everybody gets shut down for a week or two. But if, depends on how bad it is, uh, you know. So we're t- we're telling folks, you know, you're you're not going to get a, a you're not going to be able to talk to us as a uh, our design crew until a month or two, just because we're that backlogged on, on design work. Um, we've got a couple of landscape architects we will recommend that we work closely with. And that helps us out a lot because to be honest with you, if I have a plan already, I can knock a bit out in a couple hours. I can have everything 
estimated and bid out in you know, a proposal out in two to three hours if I have a, a working set of plans. If somebody comes in with just an idea and no plans, you know, then we're we're talking another two, three months down the road because of that conversation and how far behind we are with it. You know, we're not such a big company that I've got a staff of four designers and, you know, all this other stuff. I mean, it's, it is a small family business. Um, you know, my, my uncle and myself are, are partners in this together. And he and I both do all of our in-house designs. And then at the same time, he and I are both running crews and working with subcontractors and, meeting with clients and making sure they're happy as the job progresses. And, you know, so the reality is for Russell Poole to design you, one of us has to come into the office and this time of year, it's just tough. So, um, yeah. You need, your, yeah that's, you need your head on a swivel and you need a crystal ball to be a top builder down in your neck of the woods. So, I mean, I well, and, and the office. Cents, man. I also need a helicopter because, you know, when I've got 10, 12 jobs going on and I've got to be at all of them in a day, I mean, I can put, you know, hundreds of miles on a, on a pickup truck in just one day, just going from job to job to job to job. It's tough, man. You're it's spread tough. out. I wish. Yeah. yeah. Um, fortunate, we've been fortunate this, this past, you know, six, eight weeks. Most of our jobs we've been starting have been close to my office within the, you know, within 15 miles or so. Um, but we do a lot of work um, on the north side of Baton Rouge up near the Mississippi state line. Um, there's a, a pretty, you know, affluent area up that way. And we do a lot of work up there, but I mean, that's an hour and a half drive from office each way. That's tough. <laughs> yeah, you you're know, a lot you of miles on the odometer. That's for sure. There's not, you can't just hop up there and, and check the job. You've got a plan to go up there and, and, you know, then you've got a plan that you can't be somewhere else because you're three hours turnaround up there. It, it, yeah. It's, those are the things that just, make it really really difficult where we're at some days yeah well i really appreciate you checking in with us and giving me your two cents on what's going on i mean i'm sure guys in the industry will appreciate that as well and uh, i definitely appreciate the time today thanks so much yeah i appreciate joe anytime man i'm always i love our industry i really do that's all the time we have today a huge thank you to our sponsor base create the leaders and waterproof bond codes for the swimming pool industry Please make sure to subscribe and we look forward to catching you next time on another episode of Pool Magazine Podcast.